Happy New Year, market participants, and welcome to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. There is no rest for the weary. We're off to a rollicking supply-filled start to the new year, and uncertainty reigns supreme. We're here to help. All right, let's get started. This week, our three things are... One, risks. There is no shortage of things on this list, but we'll highlight the ones that we are paying close attention to. Two, the jobs report. Our focal point remains on growth in the labor force and less on the unemployment rate. And three, supply chains are broken and driving the inflation narrative, right? Well, the latest data shows the predictable but lost in the noise story is happening. We'll explain. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. Risks. Our mantra over the past year or so has been that risk markets are priced for perfection in an imperfect world. So this is a discussion about those imperfections. Not only will we give you some of the things to be on the lookout for, but we'll also give you our view on how likely these things are to occur in the form that can materially widen credit spreads. Topping our list is a Fed policy error. Now we realize that, depending on where you sit, The Fed can be accused of a policy error because they tightened too quickly or they didn't tighten fast enough. Now that's a tough job. From our perspective, we believe the policy error would be to tighten aggressively at exactly the wrong time when the economy is slowing and when supply chains are repairing. Think about it. Today, suppliers are able to extract extraordinary profits if they can increase production to meet stimulus-fueled demand. Supply is ramping up, and the incentive is evident. We see it in the industrial surveys and in cyclically high profit margins. Now, get to mid-year. Suppliers are running hard, right when growth is decelerating as the effects of pandemic-era stimulus wear off. If we believe market sentiment, the Fed will be in the midst of aggressively tightening financial conditions. That feels like a policy error, one that could slow growth even further. Will cooler heads prevail? We would like to believe so, but December's FOMC minutes suggest that this might be a done deal. This is the kind of outcome that will cause stocks to sell off and recession probabilities to rise, and those are never good things for credit spread. Our second risk worth watching is event risk, that dreaded catalyst of spread widening from days gone by that has been on the quiet side during the pandemic, as it's tough to model cash flows in a pandemic. But as we learn to live with COVID, that uncertainty reduces, allowing the rest of the necessary ingredients, abundant cheap debt, frothy equity markets, and favorable economic growth prospects to shine through. With both public and private markets desperate for yieldier paper, the leveraged recap sun, moon, and stars are aligning. Time to dust off those LBO models. As long as COVID stays under control, Remember, the Delta variant put the LBO market into a bit of a chill this past summer. Creditor-damaging LBOs are going to be part of our discussion in 2022. Our third risk keeping us up at night is all things China. We've talked often about various things going on with China, be it Taiwan, Evergrande, or the effects of its zero-COVID and common prosperity programs. But safe to say that the latter The country's reassertion of its core values is a headwind to global growth. The tightening of control over its economy, especially its burgeoning tech sector and its over-leveraged real estate development industry, 
is fundamentally reducing one of the world's most important economic growth engines, impacting both the developed world and especially emerging markets. The days of growing at 7 to 8% are likely over. 5% is more like it. And by the way, altering the course of your economy and picking winners and losers rarely leads to an elegant transition socially. All of this is in motion, and we would expect China's issues to become front-burner ones for creditors in 2022. Watch China closely. All right, on to our second thing, cutting through the jobs report. Regular listeners to the podcast know our frustration with the complexity of the jobs report. Someone really needs to come in and simplify and clarify this government product. So on Jobs Friday, we feel compelled to steer credit market participants to what really matters. The size of the labor market. Sure, the U3, why on earth is this referred to anything other than the unemployment number? But the U3 will grab everyone's attention, but that really doesn't drive what we care about economic growth. Take a second and think about it in the illogical extreme, where your labor force could have shrunk dramatically, but everyone who wants a job has one. That results in a very low unemployment rate, but you don't have enough workers to drive economic growth. Take out the illogical exaggeration, and you have what we have in the U.S. at the moment. The labor force has shrunk since the beginning of the pandemic from 164.6 million to 162.1, a drop of 1.5%. Now, all things considered, that's not all that troubling. But when you take a longer-term view, you'll see a tight correlation between size of labor force growth and GDP growth. That is why we have been most concerned with the labor participation rate, which is flatlining meaningfully below where we were pre-pandemic and is well below where we were pre-GFC. Factors weighing on the rate include a host of reasons, including the retirement boom, no doubt fueled by government stimulus and its inflationary effects on assets as well as burnout, pandemic fear, a turn for the worse in the opioid epidemic, the rising cost of child care, reduced immigration, and the threat of automation and technological development. It's quite a list. Improvement in the labor market, ironically, might even be an increase in the unemployment number if that increase was driven by an increase in the denominator, the civilian labor force. We simply are not going to drive economic growth better than 2% over the longer term without addressing issues in the labor participation rate. And maybe that's just beyond what we can expect from our government. All right, on to our third thing, supply chain improvement. By now, we are all painfully aware of the supply chain issue, where stimulus-fueled demand concentrated in goods because restrictions kept you from buying services overwhelms supply. And the supply side struggled, partly due to COVID-related friction that inhibited the ability of manufacturers and material suppliers to ship, and partly due to those same entities that had cut capacity due to uncertainty at the beginning of the pandemic. This is the anatomy of a bottleneck. But things change. Capitalism does what capitalism is supposed to do, direct resources to its most productive and profitable use. And given time, the bottlenecks, the root cause of our troubling inflation narrative, ease. Bottlenecks are, dare I say it, transitory. And almost on cue, we're beginning to see bottlenecks clear up. Exhibit A is stores full of goods during the holiday season, despite dire warnings to the contrary. And Exhibit B is the most recent ISM manufacturing survey, which showed modest improvements in customer inventories, 
prices paid, supplier deliveries, and production material lead times. All of those rolled over in the most recent report. Moreover, manufacturing employment rose, which will also help speed the plow. Now, to be clear, the ISM commentary continues to highlight the supply chain constrained environment, but in the report's words, there are, quote, clear signs of improved delivery performance, unquote. Or as one of the survey's respondents said, I hope we are headed back to something that resembles normal. It feels like we are. We hope the Fed is listening. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, risks. There is no shortage of things on this list, but the Fed's possible policy error, rising event risk, and China's economic slowdown top our list. Two, the jobs report. Our focal point remains on growth in the labor force and less on the unemployment rate. And three, supply chains are broken and driving the inflation narrative, right? Well, the latest data suggests otherwise. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest rating reports and research. Happy New Year. See you next week. Stay safe.